0: Good morning and welcome to episode seventy-six of the Jaguar Report Podcast. Oh. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Eh, a midday
1: podcast. Like
0: Stick, John. I like saying good morning at any time of day, yeah. especially if it's not morning.
1: So I, I, I want, I want them to know that it's different though. the that the <laughs> aura is different, you know? All right. I'm a I'm a different take haver in the middle of the day than I am <laughs> on the I am. I, when it's the middle of the day, I've had all day to think about why not to say it. When it's first thing in the morning, I'm just firing off the hip, man. That's true.
0: That's true. See, that's why I like doing it in the morning is because, like, you don't think about it or you don't overthink it. It's just
1: right off the yeah. dome, right off the bat. That's why I, I like doing the morning. I didn't think I'd ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we uh, obviously recording a little bit later today. Thank you, for everybody listening, because, you know, I personally wanted to go to, you know, the Miller Electric Center and see how uh, the golden boy, the franchise, you know, looked in the final practice before Sunday. Because I didn't want to come on here and freaking talk about C.J. Beathard for 30 minutes. So I didn't think C.J. Beathard was going to start. I don't want to talk. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I don't want to talk about C.J. Beathard for 30 minutes in my life in general. <laughs> but if, you add, if you add up all the time. Yeah, no. So <laughs> yeah. that's why we went ahead and recorded later today. Gus, how you doing, my guy?
0: I'm doing pretty good uh I'm hoping that I got my internet a little bit fixed up you, you got out of your cave <laughs> yeah apparently it sounds like we're pausing every few moments maybe not every few moments every couple every other moment but I'm fix, so I'm I'm doing all right I yeah I'm excited to talk about this game because I was also not really interested in spending any time on any of the backup quarterbacks in Jacksonville but I mean, tell us what you saw today because I wasn't out there, but
1: you were at the Miller Electric Center. For the record, it sounds like you're pausing, and it sounds like I'm wandering aimlessly, trying to fill it. Your your Wi-Fi reminds me of the people who used to like get hangers and put them like on top of like their TVs, you know, back in you know the good old days. When was that? Sixties, thirties? I don't know. It's 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 yeah. I don't know. forty five. The the best scenario would be that bulky listens to our podcast and he figured the only way to stop the bulky balls was to go ahead and go right to the source and take out your Wi Fi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 gonna wake up with a horse head in my bed now. <laughs> you just got Balky ball.
0: <laughs> oh man, that would <laughs> would it even surprise anyone though if you said that for real?
1: No. No. (laughs) He's just part of the lore. But, yeah, but like you said, yeah, you know, went out to practice, you know, today. Yeah. Trevor, he, he looked like Trevor. Like, if I didn't know that he was nursing an ankle injury, like, if today was the first time I'd ever gone out there and watched him, I wouldn't think he was hurt. He moved around fine. He did some mobility stuff, like some stuff where they're just rolling out and throwing on air, him and Beathard and Nathan Work and the Friday emergency quarterback, Brandon McManus, who every Friday likes to do some <laughs> quarterback drills. I'll say it. Brandon McManus can kind of sling it from what I saw. Mm-hmm. They were doing like the net thing where you're like throwing it to the corner of the end zone, the net, and he was right. drilling it too. Are you serious?
0: I feel like all of training camp,
1: I saw like maybe one
0: ball go into the net.
1: Yeah. It looks harder than it probably like you would think. And it, right. I think it looks hard. So, But no, I thought I thought Trevor was moving around good. The fact that he didn't even wear a boot going into his press conference on Thursday. And I believe the man, the myth, the legend, you know, Ozone, John Osher, said this this week. But it's a big deal in this league when the quarterback speaks during the week. Normally, like, if you talk during the week, you're the starting quarterback that week. That is, like, very much so what's been the case. I can't remember a single week in my, you know, five seasons covering them where a guy talked during the week and he wasn't the starting quarterback. So, I, I'm not saying that they decided yesterday that – or whenever he talked that he was the starting quarterback. But I do think – I know it was Wednesday. Yeah, I, I do think it matters that they went ahead and put him up there, you know, on the podium. At the very least, like, worst-case scenario – It doesn't seem like this is like something that would like knock him out for like extended period of time. So even if he did, you know, in some scenario, miss this game against you know the Browns and there's obviously reasons, you know, cases to make for and against him playing. I think he'd be back the very next week. So either way, I don't think I I think he looks fine, honestly. And that's he's probably you know thinking you know like shit, my ankle hurts a lot, but I I thought he looked fine. My gut guess right now, if I had to say, I think he's playing, man. So I left the stadium on Monday night mm-hmm. when it was reported that it was an ankle like sprain. Like it, Schefter said on Monday night that it was an ankle sprain before Doug ever said anything. So I left the stadium on Monday night thinking he would miss this game, rehab like hell, and come back next week versus the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Right? I, you know, pivoted. As of today, I think he's going to play on Sunday, and I, I think there's a number of reasons that go into it. You know, obviously the player is a big part of it. You know, he's—I he, I feel like Trevor Lawrence would get into like a 15 car pile up, pile up, and still try to start. <laughs> like if the game was like the next day. Good. But I, I just like just from seeing him today, I I, I personally think he's going to start, and also. Like, these games matter for the Jags. Like, if he's able to start, like, in any facet, like, even if he's not 100%, but if he's able to go out there and run the offense, I'm not going to disagree with the notion that maybe they have to start him because they they don't have breathing room in the AFC South. They don't have breathing room in the AFC in general. Everybody in the wild card is one game behind them, including the team that they're playing on Sunday. You know, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Houston, they're all sitting there at... You know, seven and five, Jags just one game ahead of them. I know the Jags have like a, it's kind of a fake one game lead. You know, it's more of like a two game lead in the AFC South because they have, um, what is it, the the tiebreaker over the Colts because they beat them twice, and then they have a higher strength of schedule than the Texans, Hmm. so they technically have a two game like lead. But it's the NFL, man. Like these leads go out of the window so quickly, and then you play the Ravens next weekend, like. You can't afford to go into next week on a two-game losing streak, I think, because like, that, that's just a very hard game to chalk up as a win, even if they were healthy and rolling. So I, I think he's going to play this week, and I think the fact that they have such a slim lead, such a slim cushion matters. It, if they win, if they won on Monday night, would he play? I'm not so sure, but they didn't. So I I, I think he's going to play as my guest.
0: Yeah, I think other injuries also matter because I mean, a CJ Beathard like has been popped up on the injury report this week he, with the shoulder. He might be questionable. Yeah, <laughs> during the game on Monday, he like did something to his wrist or injured his wrist, and then For he said sure. it was the shoulder. And then mm-hmm. he was on the injury report this week, so clearly it's lingering a little bit. And then not just the quarterback position, but like Walker Little and Tyson Campbell like seem like true fifty fifty decisions and like may go may not. Uh, and then there's like Trey Herndon as well the Jags have plenty of injuries and so that makes the race in the AFC like even tighter and so it's not like I think also just if Lawrence was the only player that was questionable for the Jaguars and they're going into Cleveland otherwise healthy then maybe they'd be like all right we can like put together a win with CJ Beathard over Joe Flacco or DTR or whoever's starting for the Browns but since they're not full strength like they got to kind of take what they can get. And Doug was saying this week, he kind of clarified about players going in 100% because he said he would he would never play. He would never have a player go in that, like, wasn't 100%. And then Gene was like, come on, like, it's the NFL. No one's, like, actually 100% healthy. He's like, yeah,
1: okay. Pointing. Pointing his bony finger. <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. no, it. Uh, I, I'm with it. It's kind of a silly comment from Doug. Like, I, I get what he's saying. Like, you're not going to put a player in there if he might in, injure himself. But the reality is in the NFL, if you can, like, marginally play, <laughs> you're probably going to play, you know? Like, walk a little uh, against – who who was it? Uh, San Francisco a few weeks ago. He wasn't He was 100% healthy yeah. at, at all. You could see it. Tyson Campbell, I is don't he- think he's been healthy since week six, you Yeah, know? I was going to say,
0: yeah, I think since week five was the last time he, like,
1: started and finished the game play healthy. Yeah. So I think that I, I'm with you. I think Bethard being banged up is a factor too. Bethard downplayed it after the game. And I think in the locker room this week, but if you even rolling with a healthy backup is a tall task, rolling with an injured backup and especially against, I know the Browns defense isn't as fearsome as it was in like the first half of the season. But I mean, Darius Smith, Miles Garrett, you know, potentially Denzel Ward, etc. Going with an injured backup against them, I I'd probably roll with the injured starter too. And I, I get it, but I don't think in the NFL that you can necessarily live in fear. I don't think you can go into a game saying we can't play this guy because we're afraid he could get hurt and you know screw the rest of the season. Because the reality is of where the Jaguars are at, if they lose, it could screw the rest of their season. So.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't think they would
1: put Trevor out there if there was – like, if he couldn't protect himself. like
0: Yeah. Well, okay. That's what I clarified was that he was like, it's not 100% healthy. It's just, like, 100% not being able to re-injure yourself, which is also, like, a little bit of a stretch, but it makes also a little bit more sense is that, like, as you're saying, it's more about whether it's going to be a re-injury or risk to aggravate the injury than, like, the act- the injury actually being fully healed.
1: 100 percent and we've seen Trevor play like hobbled this year like not to compare the injuries because I'm not a doctor I only play one on TV but I'm not positive like comparing the MCL sprain he had versus the high ankle sprain he has now I'm not positive like which of those injuries would be more significant but he played on a short week against the Saints that week and he was able, one, he was able to protect himself. He even ran a little bit, which they probably didn't even want him to do. And two, they were able to protect him. Like they've shown that, you know, they can protect the quarterback. You know, it will be changing the offense and what's worked in the last couple of weeks. And it'll probably be a lot of people saying, you know, to hell with Press Taylor, even though the point of this game on Sunday is probably like a race to 20 points. And (laughs) nobody's going to like be trying to light up the scoreboard. Yeah. You know, like you're just trying to get there and, basically hang on for dear life, I, I think he's going to play. I, I, I did not think so in the immediate aftermath of that game. I probably didn't even think so on Tuesday when Doug talked to us. I think I, he does now. I was going to say credit to you, though, because even
0: if you didn't think he was going to play, you weren't ruling it out the last time we recorded on, what was that, Tuesday afternoon? Because yeah. I, I think me and the rest of the world was like what you were thinking in terms of he'll definitely miss the Cleveland game and maybe be back for the Ravens game. Just based on, really Monday night alone. Uh, but then, I, like you were the first person I heard being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" There's—I'm not saying he will play, but there's at least. Oh. A team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with you now though. Like I think, I think he plays too, and it'll be it'll be an interesting game plan from Press Taylor because I think they're going to be trying to get rid of the
1: ball in about half of a second. The the years of sitting on fences has finally served me well. It- <laughs> This would be a hell of a week for them to actually have a running game, wouldn't it? Yeah, that that would be pretty cool. And also, both <laughs> running backs are also injured. <laughs> Jonas Johnson has a giant brace on his left knee. Uh, he's been limited this week. Travis Etienne is still limited. I mean... Tank week? Don't say tank week. <laughs> go ahead and define what tank week means to you, and I'll let you, let you know. Uh, tank week at this point is probably like... Over
0: five total touches. Third round picks.
1: Harvey, great, great beat guy, corrected me today. We were talking about it a little bit. And he was like, Yeah, both of Tank's snaps on Monday were on quarterback sneaks. So three of his last four, three of his four snaps over the last two weeks have been on quarterback sneaks. It's an incredible amount of like, Lack of trust shown, which is, I mean, you're going into Cleveland. I'm assuming it's going to be rainy and gray and windy and cold and just horrible weather. Close, yeah, it'd be a great week to have a guy like Tank. Like the idea of what people thought Tank was. You go ahead and tell me right now. Give me, give me a tick right now. Tank over or under four and a half touches. I'm going to go over because of the <laughs>
0: Darnest <missed> injury. I. <laughs> I was thinking one of my picks was going to be Dearness Johnson over receiving yards, but then he's got a brace on his knee, which I wasn't aware of. And then also,
1: uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. But So I'm, I'm going to go under, and I'm mm-hmm. also going to propose that whichever one of us is wrong, we get a giant cardboard sign made out saying, I got ball balled this week, and you have to wear it the entire next podcast. Okay. <laughs> All
0: okay. right. I'm okay. 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 Uh, Is I'm, 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 I'm. that too big of a line? Did I set myself up for failure? Four and oh. a half
1: touches. I I, I don't want to Google it, but how many games this year does he have four touches in? I mean, five touches in. Go ahead and guess right now. I'll, I'll see. I'm going to guess one. I feel like
0: one of the cool he <laughs> had <have>, like six <laughs> touches. Um,
1: he had nine carries against the Titans. I don't remember I don't any of those. <laughs>
0: No, because they were all in the fourth quarter.
1: Okay, I do remember that. Then okay, he had like two snaps before the game got out of hand, and he had seven touches in week one. There you go. So in those two cool. games, he had two point three yards per touch in the nine-touch game, and then one point nine yards per touch in the seven-touch game. I'm pounding the under. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So if you get, it's the line will
0: be set at four point five.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's right. That's right. Like it, that's why, like, Lawrence's injuries always seem like such a doomsday scenario for the Jaguars. It's because, like, people talk about like quarterbacks putting the entire offense on their back, like Mahomes and Allen and Herbert, etc. And that's all very correct. I think Lawrence does, like, just the same. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, it's not like they can turn to the running game when he's injured and say, take some off of him because they can't. It's not there. It's not like they have a super stout offensive line in front of him or, you know, with Christian Kirk out. It's not like they have like a star studded, you know, field of pass catchers either. So it definitely feels like it's a lot on Lawrence. But that, that that's also what I kind of want to talk about. Christian Kirk being out. How big of an impact do you think that is? Massive. I've got some stats for you about the Browns
0: defense, which like all point to it being a huge Christian Kirk week on paper. So That's it. obviously it's a shame he's out for multiple reasons, but Cleveland ranks first in usage of one high shells and middle of field closed coverage and fourth and man coverage. So ton, okay. of one, ton of like one high safety looks, ton of just cover one man. Um, and then the Browns are also first in success rate on both four-man rushes and blitzes. So, like, whenever the Jaguars are facing, A, like, man coverage and or, B, a good pass rush, then, like, Kirk is usually their guy that they're looking to for a quick and easy answer. So I'm I'm definitely interested to see this week. Um, like, I think Parker Washington is obviously, like, the next man up. Uh, so I'm interested to see, like, on third downs how much – of, like, the option routes and stuff like that, they really trust him with, especially since, like, it was an option route that led to a Lawrence injury last week. Um, and then whether, like, they try to get, like, Ridley into the slot a little bit more and run a little more option routes, which I would expect, like, maybe a small handful of times to happen, but definitely not for much of the game because then it's, like, who are you going to go put outside in Ridley's place? Like, Zay Jones clearly can't really do anything more than 10 or 15 yards downfield yet, so... Yeah, I think it's going to pretty much have
1: to be a big Parker Washington week. See, that's where I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a big Ingram and Zay week. Mm-hmm. There, nothing based on the numbers. This is all narrative-based. But yeah. I think the biggest thing with Kirk is how much like of a repertoire him and Lawrence have and how much Lawrence trusts him. Mm-hmm. And now you take him out of the picture, who are the two guys – Kirk, I mean Lawrence has the most trust in otherwise and will lean on the most, especially easily. in high-leverage situations. I think it's those two. Yeah, easily. That's fair. But I I don't I mean, know. I that's not to say I don't think Parker will get his because he had six catches for 61 yards off the bench last week, mm-hmm. which is wildly impressive. But I I think this is a week you see a lot of targets to Zay and Ingram, honestly. I I Ingram Ingram, especially, I feel like, because it seems like when they go quick game, they love like going to Ingram. Like those mm-hmm. little like five yard sit routes and then ask him to get yards after the catch after. I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. True.
0: I, I do like the over for receptions for both those two guys. Because I think like Ingram is also going to get a decent amount of like RPO looks too, not just like the right. quick team. Uh, and just, but just like for the same reason, just like get the ball into his hands quickly and l- let him try to get some yards after the catch. And then Zay like, Again, I don't think he can do anything deep quite yet, but I would certainly expect him to be like like a sure-handed possession receiver type target for Lawrence uh, in like the 5-10 to 10 yard range. So I, I definitely do think that those two will be heavily involved. And then it's just like – I think like on third downs, it will be interesting of like – obviously at defenses will probably key in a little bit more on Ridley. So like are they going to try to scheme up Ridley against potential double teams – are they going to try to scheme up Parker Washington because they know he's like will likely get single coverage out of the slot? Are they going to try to scheme up Engram for seemingly the first time all season? Because I feel like they like they they were like doing a lot of cool stuff with Engram last year, and then this year I feel like they've just haven't really like prioritized him as much. Which is like you don't like y bubble? I like it, but I like more stuff. So they love it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see if like he's used down the seam as like a perimeter receiver, like down the sideline, like we saw in week one where he had a nice sideline deep catch. So I'm, I'm interested to see like the utilization pretty much. Uh, but I certainly expect their game plan to be like,
1: get rid of the ball ASAP as possible. He he did that. And then I feel like we've seen him get targeted outside like one more time since then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we've talked about injuries at quarterback, talked about injuries at running back, talked mm-hmm. about injuries at wide receiver. Yep. There's injuries at tight end. No Brenton Strange this week, Doug Peterson said. Probably no Brenton Strange. Uh, I, I don't remember who tweeted it. I would love well, – I just probably just go ahead and pull it back up so I can credit them. But they had a good point about the offense uh, against late Bengals. It was Andrew Kessler. Duval Andrew, 904. It was the first week this year they did not run a single snap out of 13 personnel. So, strains being out limits, you know, schematically, you know, something they can do because they're not going to ask Josh Peterson <laughs> to do it, obviously. No. Um, then there's injuries at left tackle. <laughs> there's yep. walk a little, you know, we – I, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. If you don't practice during the week for a Doug Peterson team, you're not going to play that week. Like Trevor's practice, you know, he's at least. Been, I was say earlier too. Yeah. So. He's at least been limited. Walk a little hasn't done anything this week. So I, I expect walk a little to not play. I think at least based on, you know, conversations I've had that he has a chance to return next week. It's like a. Uh, hamstring. I'm trying to think of what the uh, I guess hamstring tear would probably be. You know, the best way to put it. I think he has a chance to come back next week, if like not the week after. So I don't think it's a long term injury, but doesn't look like he plays this week. So who starts at left tackle? I mean, that that is literally we've talked about their tackle depth, but now it's now it's getting tested. Your options are Anton Harrison, Blake Hant, Cole Van Lannen, and Ezra Cleveland, it won't be Anton because one, it's already too late in the year. Like to ask him, in my opinion, to make that switch back over to the left side, especially if you're only doing it for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. He's had such an encouraging rookie season, in my opinion. That holding call, you know, be damned. That I don't think you want to mess with his progress. He's probably your best starting offensive lineman right now with yeah, with, Walker so. Cam, with Walker and with Walker and So your other options are Blake Hance. We saw him fill in for Walker last week. I don't think that automatically yeah. Dude, Trey Hendrickson is really, really good, but Hans was getting worked. You know, like he, he was getting completely worked. And people have had this like weird assumption that Walker Little had a bad game or something. He had a really, really good game against the Bengals. Like you yeah. you, you, you watched the all 22 Did Hendrickson make an impact in that game until that play?
0: No, that's what I was going to say is
1: that, like, that
0: play is, like, what's causing the bias. Because, I, yeah, I thought the left side of the line had a rough night because Cleveland let up a decent amount of pressures. And then, obviously, once Hans got in, uh, it was not good news. But Walker Little specifically, like, I thought he was fine until that last
1: play. Like, people saw him step on Trevor's ankle and assumed it was his fault. We now know it was Parker Washington's fault. Didn't run the right route. Uh, so, I think – I'm not sold that they would put Hans like back in there because I think the biggest reason he played on Monday, I think I kept saying Sunday. I don't care. I, I think the biggest reason he kept playing, he played on Monday was because Ezra's already at left guard. You know, you don't want to like put a guy at tackle who hasn't got any tackle reps, you know, that week. Yeah, Colvin Landon's played some right tackle. I, I think he'd be like a third, second or third option. Yeah. I don't think they're. I don't think they're in dire states to where they're starting Cole Van Landon at left tackle in an NFL game. And then that brings Cleveland, who I got on my soapbox and sounded like a complete ass on here like a month ago, saying I want to be a left tackle in the NFL too. <laughs> looks like Cleveland has a chance. Looking like no, an idiot this week. Doug said today that he's gotten some reps there. I don't think that he was getting reps there before Walker got hurt, which again I think is a reason he didn't play there on Sunday. But he was a college tackle at Boise State. He he seems like more like you look at his athletic profile and the style of play. He seems more like a tackle than a guard, which also goes for Walker Little, which makes it like it's similar to Walker Little. Yeah. So, I my guess is Ezra that left tackle is my guess. Ezra versus Miles Garrett.
0: I think it makes a lot more sense to move Ezra to left tackle and then have like Hans or Shatley or Van Hannon sub like sub in then they're at left guard. Uh, then it makes sense to move Anton to the left side. Cause then you still like need someone to start a tackle on the right side. So I would I would definitely expect it to be going ref right to left, uh, Harrison, Sheriff, Fortner, I guess Shatley. And Cleveland on the left. I
1: think so too. I, I think I, th- I think you're right. I think it's going to go Cleveland, Shatley, Fortner, Sheriff Anton. Yeah. So right to left, Harrison. I'm just kidding. So Ezra versus Miles Garrett, and then Anton versus Darius Smith. Just two pretty big tests. I, I, I. They wouldn't leave Ezra on an island, would they?
0: They've been leaving their rookie right tackle on an island the entire season. Yeah,
1: that's is that different? I think it's different. Yeah, that's probably different.
0: They're they're definitely gonna pay more attention to, I mean, just wherever Miles Garrett lines up,
1: really, and then obviously help out Cleveland a little bit more. With do, Chip did, and do we think they do it like the Titans a few weeks ago and just have two guys following them around? You remember that? A few yeah, months, <laughs> ago. Yeah. I'm probably not since since that didn't really work. <laughs> but they yeah, you got the lay of
0: game on that, didn't they? <laughs> <yeah.
1: laughs> That's good stuff.
0: I will say, according to the Athletic, there's a quote that says, after last Sunday's loss in Denver, so two Sundays ago, okay. Garrett needed assistance in the post game locker room to put his shirt on so that he could get a sling on his shoulder, and then last week against the Rams, he was pretty much put a zero on the stat board. He did his best Tony Snell impression and just, like – I mean, the Rams definitely did a good job uh, with their game plan of, like, getting the ball out really quickly against that Browns pass rush, but Garrett was largely ineffective. Um, so, it'll definitely be interesting to see this week because, like, we've been talking the whole podcast already about Jaguars injuries, but the Browns have plenty of injuries themselves, including Garrett, so.
1: Let's look at how many pressures Garrett had. Last week, he only had two, which feels two pressures on thirty-two pass rushers, which feels insanely low. Though he did have a twenty-two point six win rate, so it's probably not like like a hobbled Miles Garrett is probably still like one of the better defensive linemen in the league. Easily, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see how how they negate it because it's either going to be Hans or Cleveland. I feel like like you said Cleveland probably makes more sense and if for Cleveland like I don't know it's a way to boost your stock you know <laughs> contract a contract year so you know could totally. could be big for him I guess you got anything else for us on the offense Um no I'm good let's get to D All right. going to go ahead and break we'll be right back All right, I For as much as we've talked about quarterbacks here in Jacksonville, the Browns have had a much more depressing conversation. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like like Jacksonville, it's like, will the franchise quarterback play this week or not? And for Cleveland, it's like, yeah. (laughs) Will Joe Flacco play or will this terrible rookie quarterback who's been in a concussion protocol play? DTR, I think, has been the second worst quarterback to start a game this year. The first is P.J. Walker, obviously. So, yeah. PJ. P.J. was pretty rough. Yeah, P.J.'s bad. Uh, so, if you're the – Cleveland's been playing, like, the sportsmanship game all week. Like, it's Friday afternoon, and I saw, like, a report before we started potting that said they were still declining to say who their starting quarterback's going to be. Mm-hmm. DTR is Dorian thompson Robinson is now out of concussion protocol, so he has a chance to play. Obviously, Joe Flacco got the start last week. I wanna put you in, you know, go ahead and get your visor on, get your play sheet, put on your Mike Caldwell pants, step into your Mike Caldwell shoes. Mm. You are Mike Caldwell. Who do you who would you rather face a quarterback? Joe Flacco or D T R DTR, easily. Really? Because I agree with you where like he's been one
0: if not the second worst, just like one of the worst quarterbacks this season. And Flacco in the game last week against the Rams, even though they lost like Flacco didn't look nearly as bad as I think anyone was really expecting him to. So I think most Browns fans are like, yeah, we'd rather have Flacco. And I'm expecting Flacco to get the start. But if I were, I mean, DTR definitely brings more athleticism, but I think Flacco is like a little bit more cool in the pocket, a little more cool under pressure. So if I were Mike Caldwell, I would definitely be rather play like this rookie who's susceptible to pressure than this elite veteran like Joe Flacco.
1: Yeah, and so that's my thing, is how much should the mobility play a role? You know, like, normally, like, if I have a backup quarterback, I'd rather them be like a mobile quarterback, just so, like, like Josh Dobbs, you know, he's a perfect backup quarterback. He can go in there without any game reps and, like, scramble his ass off, you know? (laughs) like I, I just think those guys are harder to defend than pocket statues like Flacco and, like, no offense, like, CJ Bethard, you know, yeah,
0: I think that's true. Like in general, I just think that like in this case, Flacco's a better quarterback. And DTR, I I'll
1: agree with you. I, I do think he's a better quarterback. It, it's I don't know, man. It's tough. I, I just feel like they've struggled so much with mobile quarterbacks, but also, I don't know. I, I I got I got some take PTSD when it comes to them versus quarterbacks after Monday Night Football. I mm. I was talking all big and bad about. Jake Browning, this Jake Browning, that I'm not ready to say that they can have guaranteed success against Joe Flacco or DTR. Honestly, like I feel DTR would pass the ball poorly, but I'm not sure they'd be able to contain his rushing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Has he done a lot of rushing this year? Like, has he been like, a don't base base? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't
1: know. Don't ask me questions like that. <laughs> You expect me to know something about the quarterbacks that Jackworth might be playing?
0: Speaking of takes, my hot take a few weeks ago was that Joe Flacco would be the most productive quarterback remaining on Jacksonville's schedule outside of Lamar Jackson. And, like, when I said that, I was, like, picturing a game that was pretty much exactly the game that Jake Browning played last week where, like, the run game is working for the offense, and then you're able to just, like, do a bunch of, like, quick screen and RPO passes and then a few, like, deep play action shots off of your successful run game with a positive game script. That's kind of, like, how I saw this Sunday going for the Jaguars is that, like, Cleveland – I mean, their run game isn't as elite as it usually is, obviously, without Nick Chow in the lineup. But they still are, like, a run-first offense that kind of, like, builds their playbook off of the run. And so you'll see, like, their – I think they're they were fourth in usage of bootlegs or just like rollout play action passes. So it's going to be a lot of Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt trying to like pound the rock and then Flacco letting loose on play action off of that. Uh, I do think that the personnel is interesting on this side of the ball too, because we talked about how like the Jags won't be able to do 13 personnel against the Browns defense, which that probably would have helped because the Browns defense isn't like, as light-bodied and bad against the run as they were last year, but they're still like definitely more of a worse run defense than past defense. Um, but then for Cleveland's offense, they rank seventh highest in usage of eleven personnel, which surprised me because I thought, like going back to like the Baker Mayfield era for them, I thought they were like definitely more of a multiple tight ends, even multiple running backs on on the same play, like definitely he- heavy personnel. So it surprised me that they use light personnel a decent amount. Um, and unfortunately that's probably bad news for the Jags because I think Cincinnati like was able to use a lot of and personnel because that's really their MO too. Um, and they were able to like, as we kind of broke down the last episode, get Jacksonville into more four down fronts than five down fronts yeah. and had some success. And so I'll I'll look for the Browns to like try to have success in their running game out of lighter personnel, even though, like before today, I would have expected it out of heavy personnel.
1: Yeah, that's that's honestly a really good point. But we've we've both have said it like, I I firmly believe a big reason they struggled against the run last week was because they're in so much nickel. Like, yeah, if you go look at like their third down efficiency versus the run this year, it hasn't been good all year. And a part of that's because it's third downs passing down, but also because like they're just not equipped to stop the run. It's like a light group up front, you know, like yeah, like like with Roy Harris Harrison, Adam Gotsis at the two defense tackle spots, or Devon Hamilton or Foley Fontacasa, it's just not. It hasn't gotten it done for them all season. So yeah, I think um, not, I think not having Ham
0: is like a big reason for that. Because I think if Ham like hadn't had the injury over the off season and like was as good this year as he was last year, then like I feel like the Jags had a little bit more success like defending the run out of nickel last year because ham was a little bit better at like being able to take on double teams and really like control the front on his own almost in four down fronts. And so I think they're, they're definitely missing
1: that this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think when it comes to defense also this week, the secondary is like a big question mark. I know Cleveland, Amari Cooper's probably not going to play. Dude's got ribs. Like, he's listed on the injury report ribs and concussions. So, I'm like, it's, yeah. is Amari Cooper okay? <laughs> I was
0: going to say, that's a, definitely a big part of the equation for the 11 personnel thing. Like, if they're going to want to – like, the Browns should try to get three receivers on the field a lot to take advantage of, like, Jacksonville's bad run defense out of nickel and then obviously all their secondary injuries. Uh, but th- then Cleveland has the injury itself with Amari Cooper probably not playing.
1: Yeah, so that leaves – Elijah Moore and David Njoku, if you know, as they are really only two real pass catchers. I know, I know they have David Bell, who I think I could take in a foot race. Jane <laughs> Bacher's Purdue days. Yeah. i um, it it just, I, I, they have Marquis Godwin on their roster, too. I think I saw a stat. They're like 0 for 8 on attempting deep passes to him this year. So. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So it, it's banged up receiver room versus a banged up secondary. Trey Harden still in the protocol, so, you know, we can assume he's not going to play. Uh, Tyson Campbell, you know, Doug Peterson said, I almost called him Gus Peterson. Jesus. <laughs> like, I don't know if I was thinking about you or Gus Bradley. I don't, mm. don't want to think about it either. Nonetheless. <laughs> nonetheless I'm not sure Tyson plays this week honestly if I was a betting man I'd probably say I don't think Tyson would play this week mm. so that's two starters down the secondary. I think Buster Brown would replace Tyson and Greg Jr and maybe a little dash of Antonio Johnson but probably not too much that's yet right. just, just a little bit <laughs> just, you know just Antonio you know <laughs> so Greg Jr. and Buster Brown in the secondary. How – I know it's Joe Flacco. I know it's a wide receiver room with Elijah Moore as its best receiver. But how much does that concern you?
0: I'm concerned just because of, like, Stefanski. I I think Stefanski is, like, one of the offensive coaches that kind of, like, has the goods and is good at game planning. Um, And so I think that, like, he's going to be able to, like, dictate personnel and, like, whenever the Jags are like ready to defend the run, then like he'll get a screen pass out to Elijah cooks that like works just well enough. And so clearly like these weapons for the Browns aren't very exciting on paper. Like they're not going to have Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper. And that's definitely like the big three of their offensive skill position guys. But I think uh, Elijah cooks had like really good opportunity last week. And then Flacco just like didn't hit him downfield a couple of times. But I think, I think Elijah Cooks is going to end up having like a pretty decent game with all of Jacksonville's injuries. Yeah, that, or, did I say Elijah Cooks?
1: Elijah, you Moore. did, you did. <laughs> you said Elijah Cooks, and I was about to jump out of my chair and like unplug <laughs> everything I had in my laptop. <laughs> I just realized
0: <laughs> wow, this isn't a professional podcast, podcast but, but yeah. Elijah Moore could have a decent game. I, th- I, I would, uh, I would take his over probably for
1: yards. <laughs> I feel like Elijah Moore is, like, a very NPC receiver in the NFL. I loved him coming out, dude. Yeah, dude. I, me too. I thought he was, like, the next TJ Moore.
0: Yeah, I thought – oh, man. I'm trying to think of, like – TJ Moore is a good one. I thought he was just, like, a, like, undyled like, slot guy. Like, I thought he was going to, like, destroy the league out of the slot.
1: But playing for the Robert Sala Jets as an offensive player saps your – Skill, talent, your life force—that—that is—that's I mean, is my
0: thing. Playing for the Deshaun Watson Bills, honestly, maybe maybe he'll find a third home and end up have like piecing together a decent career.
1: But honestly, yeah. at
0: this point, it's probably too little,
1: too late. Like he—he's not bad, but he's like closer to being just a guy than he is to being good.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true.
1: So I—I I don't know. I—I I feel like Stefanski is like an underrated, like offensive mind and play caller. Mm -hmm. Like I I feel like nobody probably ever wants to say positive things about their offense because of the nasty man at quarterback, which completely, I get it. (laughs) I I, I get it. I feel like he could scheme around like some of their issues and knowing that some of the guys the Jaguars have down. I don't know, man. Uh, uh, Six days. No, not six days. Four days removed from Jake Browning going off on them. How surprised would you be if Joe Flacco had like, a, like career like resurgence type game?
0: Not at all. Not no? at all. I will say I would also be not surprised if the Jags end up winning this game twenty eight to zero. Just because like we've talked before about how like they have this super weird thing this season where they're terrible at home, but then like as soon as people start to doubt them, they like light things up and like that's when they play best. And so. Like that's just kind of like lingering in the back of my head is that maybe they'll like be super motivated. But I think I'd be more surprised by like under 100 yards from Flacco than over 300, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think there's uh, a better chance Flacco has a
0: really good game than a really bad game. I'd I'd
1: be really surprised if he threw for under 100 yards.
0: (laughs) For over 100?
1: No, under. That's oh, yeah. what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. I I think Flacco's going to have a fine game, and fans will be upset at the fact that Joe Flacco is having a fine game. But I also think, again, this is a race to 20, 21 points, yeah. and yeah. whoever gets there first will probably win the game.
0: Yeah, fans won't be, like, too upset. Like, Flacco could pit up, like, 250 yards and two touchdowns. But if the Jaguars end up winning, then like no one will really cares too much.
1: So th- that's my thing. I think this is like the perfect like like in the NFL. I firmly believe that winning is all that matters. I know that's kind of been disproven with some recent teams: the Vikings last year, the Giants last year, the Steelers a few years ago when they started. What was it like? Thirteen and 0 or something like that? Like yeah, they, dude. they, they were thirteen people and 0 and everybody and everybody knew they sucked. <laughs> yeah, except for people in Pittsburgh, they're like no, nah, yeah. they still got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so but I do genuinely think, like the saying that there's no such thing as an ugly win is true in the NFL. I think as long as you win, yeah, you can look at what can, can be improved on, etc. But as long as you win, that's all that really matters. But I think especially this week, if they win the game this week, and people are upset about how the defense played or how the offense played or press Taylor or Mike Caldwell. I just think they're missing the forest for the trees. I I, I think all you, if they win, I think everybody should be happy with yeah. no complaints, no matter how they, they get there. If they
0: win and like no one aggravates an injury, I'll throw that asterisk in too, but I agree. Oh, like, why, would you, why would you say that? You're right. You should, that?
1: You're right. I'm not The hell would you say that for? <laughs> I just wasn't thinking yeah. Yeah, nah. thinks- so so that that's that's my big like takeaway, especially for the defense. Like, if they win, it shouldn't matter to anybody if Joe Flacco throws like two eighty and three touchdowns. Like, as long as they win, that's all that matters. Like, I, I was touring around with the New York Times playoff machine. They basically just need to win. Oh God, hear the little voice crack. I hated that. No, I, I missed it actually. Okay, good, good, good. Um, they basically just need to win two of the next five games really yeah if if you give them two more wins of the next five they have a 99 like over 99% chance to make the playoffs like anything less than that and things get interesting so i think you get to 10 wins you're at the very least a wild card team so i think that winning a game no matter how you win it is big so yeah, I could see Joe Flacco having a week kind of like Jake Browning did last week. But as long as they win, I don't think it matters. Yeah. as long as, Also, as long as they win, like not 38 to
0: 35. Because <laughs> as long as it goes the way we're expecting. Because people might still be upset even with a win if Flacco goes for 404 touchdowns. But, yeah, we'll see.
1: Fair, Fair enough. All right, guys. We're going to break real quick. Then we're going to get to our final game predictions. All right, guys. You brought this to my attention before we started recording, but Prize Picks has pretty much no Jaguars picks on there because of the status of both Trevor Lawrence and the Browns quarterbacks. It's like three different Jerome Ford props, I think. Uh, every running back, like, graph I see out there says Jerome Ford is one of the worst running backs in the league. So just off principle, I'm going to say Walk of the week Jerome Ford unders. I don't care what it is. Jerome Ford unders. Lock of the week. Unders on Jerome Ford. Second lock of the week, Tank Bigsby under four and a half touches. As mm. long as those hit, I'm fine.
0: Okay. Yeah. My lock of the week is going to be over four and a half touches for Tank, obviously.
1: Um, Lock. That's like that's like a lock in the same way like tying dental floss around a gate is a lock.
0: Well, like, I could not not say it was a lock after you said it was a lock. I, I got to at least hey. take some confidence about it. I also like once they come out, if they come out, uh, Zay over receptions, but not yards. Engram over receptions, but also yards would be fine if it happens. To be Wait, what did I say, Engram? Yeah, you said Ingram over receptions and yards. Yeah, I, I mostly like receptions, but if the yards happens to be a better line, then I'm fine with either one. Okay. Um, I was going back and forth with Ford honestly, because like I've been enjoying taking opposing running backs unders all season, but then it was bad news from Mixon last week, but I'll I'll join you with the under Um, and then my lock of the week. I'm going to say Engram scores a touchdown and hot take is that it's going to be off of a fake RPO or like I think the Jags are just going to be like spamming RPOs on offense. And then once they get into like the high red zone on one drive, they're going to do like a fake pass and then someone I guess I said Engram is gonna go long and get a
1: touchdown off of it. Did, did you watch the Steelers last night? No. Did Connor Hayward like try to he like took a like a handoff off a reverse and then tried to throw a touchdown pass to Darnell Washington. Are you serious? That sounds awesome. It didn't work. <laughs> I gotta find that clip though. Holy cow, that sounds entertaining either way. Yeah. Didn't it, it felt like Champagne-worthy celebration, Darnell Washington caught a pat. He's actually been, like, okay, though.
0: He's been, like, what Jags fans probably are trying to convince themselves that strange is.
1: There we go. We got him to say it, everybody.
0: (laughs) You got any hot takes this week? Miles Garrett, zero
1: sacks. Hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember another one I had that I forgot to write write down was that the Browns will record zero quarterback hits. Damn. I I really think that, like, Lawrence is going to be, like, catching the ball out of
1: shotgun and throwing it immediately. Nine out of ten pass plays. I'll go Bob Garrett. Zero sacks. Evan Ingram, 100 yards? Zero sacks isn't hot enough, I don't think. Say like zero pressures or zero
0: quarterback hits, because like it's Miles Garrett and he's it's playing. All
1: right, all right, okay, okay, Miles Not- Garrett, okay, Miles Garrett, zero quarterback pressures. I'm showing you how right. a real man <laughs> has a take. I don't back down. I don't back down from it. That's
0: what I thought. Right it down. Right. Miles I'm Garrett, running down. I'm writing these down. Zero quarterback hits.
1: Evan Ingram, a hundred receiving yards. Greg Jr. Greg Jr. takeaway. Greg Jr. takeaway. Yeah.
0: I'll show you how to have a takeaway.
1: He he had like three in that one preseason game. That was insane. (laughs) It was great. He like had a forced like fumble on a, like a punt, and then a forced fumble on like the next defensive drive. (laughs) I think he also had an interception.
0: Yeah, that was that was pretty fun game. All right. Those are good ones. Yeah. I like that.
1: All right. Gus predictions. Yep. Give me a score. Give me any score. 16-13 Jaguars. 16-13 Jaguars? Yeah. 20-18 Jaguars. Mm. The race to 20. uh. Yeah, exactly. 20-18 Jaguars is my guess. I I don't know. I, I feel like the Jaguars have a better defense than the Rams do. Even after Monday Night Football's drubbing. Yeah. Like Flacco was Flacco wasn't good. He was better than people thought he'd be.
0: Yes. That's that's yeah,
1: that's correct. So I still think he's still, you know, geriatric Joe Flacco. So I'm not expecting like a ton out of him scoring wise. I, I think Jerome Ford's really bad. Kareem Hunt's banged up. So I'm not sure exactly how Cleveland scores points. I set it down. They're gonna go on like a ten-play, eight first I was down say, like, drive. Like, the <laughs> points last week. Yeah. So, twenty eighteen is my guess. I think the Jaguars, once they get like to a certain groove or lead, I think they take their foot off the pedal. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, just not risk it. You know.
0: I mean, I feel like that's every other one this year, but I don't disagree.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair that, is, that is pretty much
0: every game they've played this year. I, yeah, every time we come in here and you you like say that line, which again, it's not untrue. But I was gonna say, is it? I mean, it's not like it's the NBA playing tournament where they're trying to like rack up points for
1: a tiebreaker. I yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand that, I, dude. I don't get it either. What? would win an NFL in-season tournament?
0: Hmm. Probably the Bills. I mean, not this year, obviously, but Trying my hardest not to make a Sean McDermott joke. Oh yeah, no, I forgot about that. Uh, there, there's I, I um, like the Bills are like kind of like a team that we both think are like Super Bowl a little bit fraudulent as contenders. So like it would be kind of like very Bills to win an in season tournament, but not the like actual championship.
1: And uh, the Sean McDermott thing brought out the best rotten fan brain i've seen this quite some time so many like bills accounts saying you know ty dunn has an axe of grind ty dunn is trying to character assassinate a good family man of faith <laughs> <laughs> and, and term, it comes out an hour later It's like yeah we had a nine nine eleven discussion
0: <laughs> man yeah what what a year for the bills holy cow it's just i guess it's really just since the hamlin thing last year it's been a roller coaster Yeah, yeah. the Bills would be one of my picks. Who else is like a fraud that it's not like a real contender?
1: Kansas City. Uh Yeah, Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that's a hot take. The Philadelphia Eagles. That's a good one. Oh, they would definitely win the in-season one. (laughs) Are they the the worst 10-2 team in NFL history? Probably. I think so. Just not impressed by them.
0: Yeah, no. I wish Jalen was fully healthy. I mean, I don't know how much his injury really has to do with it. Like, it might just be more of an excuse than anything real. But no,
1: you you love David Carr. You think he was spot on about Mar- get out of here. got everything on list. Let's get out of here. You okay. can't.
0: That's just unreal. Okay, Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, No one loves
1: David Carr. In in three years Derek Carr is gonna go on that same show and say Nathan Rourke should start in front of Trevor. How dare you <laughs> All right, Gus. Any any parting hot takes, any parting shots, any a- anything you want to get off your chest before the Jaguars take the field next?
0: No. I before I like in the big cat round table, I wrote down 1613 Browns and going into the pot, I had brother Browns winning, but I kind of talked myself into a Jags win, especially with that thing. Like, I don't know why, but like every time that like this season, people start to like hate on them. That's like when they play the best. So do, I, I think they'll be able to just get away with the ugliest win ever. Do, do I get no credit for talking you into it? Oh no! You get all the credits, so that that way, if the Bills or if the Browns win, then I yeah.
1: can- <laughs> don't give me all of it.
0: <laughs> don't
1: don't want that.
0: You'll give me the right the right amount based on my own takes. But no, I don't really nothing. Nothing's off the off, coming off the dome.
1: You That's fair. I think if the Browns win, they should tweet, tweet out hashtag Thank You, Sashi. <laughs> not enough people will get that yeah
0: the That's nerds true.
1: tweeting for years thank you Sashi as he builds a terrible terrible team oh. <laughs> he's
0: he's getting a little saved by coaching I think I mean there has been like some good players brought in but
1: I mean now that Schwartz is there yeah I'm, I'm with you
0: I'm, a coach.
1: I, I think Andrew Barry is a competent GM he's better than Sashi Brown was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, all right, guess that's it for me. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. We'll be Monday and Friday mornings unless, I don't know, Trevor Lawrence has a finger fall off or, or something. And we're back to the same, you know, rodeo. But nonetheless, thank you guys for listening as always. We'll be back next week and, you know, enjoy the game. Oh, sorry. Sashi Brown. You've been bulky, bold. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Got to end it on that.